This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Hi, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys here, proud sponsor of the Universal After Dark podcast. How would you like to be among some of the first guests to stay at Universal's new property, the Aventura Hotel? Aventura opens this August and is another great option to consider when staying at Universal. You can get early entry benefits, transportation to and from all the parks, and have views of any of the three parks. At the end of a long day, have a drink in style on the new rooftop bar. Book a four-night stay with me to get 20% off your stay with rates as low as $116 per night along with a $50 food and drink credit. You must book by June 15th and travel dates are August 16th through December 20th. Mention this ad to stack your savings and get $25 off your deposit. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com or any social media at WPMagicJourneys. Welcome to Universal After Dark, a Universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hello and welcome to another episode of Universal After Dark. Unfortunately, it's just Nick this episode uh, because Amanda is not feeling very well, so get well soon, Amanda. Uh, and no one else is available. But we had to record because we've got an extremely special guest joining us on this episode. Um, so uh, welcome, Caitlin. Hi. How are you doing? I'm so good. Now, we've had you on Disaster Dark before, but I don't mm-hmm. think we've actually had you over on the dark side of Universal before. I have not been on the Universal one, only the Disney one. Ah, well, there you go. You're, <laughs> you know, you're, you're almost completing the entire collection of right. the far too many podcasts that I'm involved in. Um, but thank you so much uh, for joining us. And oh, thank you for having me. No, not at all. And... The main reason uh, I wanted to speak to you, and especially now, is because it's coming up to Christmas. This is going to be almost like a Christmas episode. And I'd never been fortunate enough to be at Universal uh, when the Christmas season's kicked off. I've always just missed it. Um, But you have been lucky enough to uh, attend recently. And so I wanted to kind of find out the nitty gritty of uh, what Universal considers to be Christmas. I've actually, I've been a Universal annual pass holder for about five years. Wow. At this I didn't point. realize that. Okay. Um, so I'm a religious attender of the festivities of Grinchmas. Uh, I go almost <laughs> every year, <laughs> at now, least, at least two or three times. Now I've got to ask you a question at this point about Grinchmas because mm-hmm. I, so obviously I'm British and mm-hmm. we didn't have um, the Grinch who stole Christmas when we were growing up in terms right. of we had the book we're not that mm-hmm. far you know we're not, not that undeveloped right we did have the book <laughs> but in America the the Barris Karloff cartoon is almost like uh well it is a holiday tradition right that is yes. shown every Christmas religiously yep and I'm right in thinking there's a station now that shows it for 24 hours a day I wouldn't be surprised. I know we have one that does Elf for 24 hours, one that does A Christmas Story for 24 hours. Wow. Uh, They could play The Grinch dozens of times over 24 hours because it's only about a 35-minute holiday special. It's not particularly long, um, as you say. And so I knew the story, but my first real um, viewing of anything to do with The Grinch was the 2000 Jim Carrey movie (laughs) and it's really weird because in england i know lots of people that really enjoy that film but i know there's a lot of americans that really can't stand it i have 
a love-hate relationship with it because mm-hmm. I grew up with the 2D animated yep. one. Yeah. Um, now there's there's three of them, so true. There's too many to count. Um, <laughs> but I grew up with the 2D 35 minute on a VHS tape that my parents had recorded from the television, uh, <laughs> along with several other Christmas specials. Uh, and then I finally saw the Jim Carrey version, and it was about two hours long. I said, how did you stretch this book into this long of a story? Very so I, I didn't like it when I first saw it. It's grown on me over time, mostly because of Universal. Well, I mean, I think his performance is outstanding. I think Oh, it's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I think he does such a good job. And I don't think, well, actually, I think, you know, we saw when Mike Myers became the cat in the hat that just putting a funny actor in a costume doesn't actually make them be that character. Correct, um, not at all. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Of, I, I know that's the weird thing. I know there's a lot of people that like the Cat in the Hat film. I can't stand it. But, oh, the movie's horrifying. <laughs> so, I mean, that is scarier than a lot of like horror films that I've seen. Really, yes. really scary stuff. Um, but yeah, I think his portrayal's great. And I, I understand the criticism. As you say, you've, t- you've taken a book which doesn't take a long time to read and an animated short which pretty much paces the book at a nice pace and then dragged it out for like almost two hours so i get the whole backstory thing i like the backstory but then again i've watched that almost with no knowledge of what the grinch was so for me this is all like fine and dandy but when you are expecting the traditional story all of that extra fluff is just extra fluff and doesn't necessarily need to be there so I get um, it. But the, the music is very fun. Um, and some of the characters that they added are really great. And those are the characters that they put into the Universal uh, stage production. Excellent. So let's go get on to it. The, the, you know, there's a few things that Universal do do for Christmas. But the mm-hmm. one that really kind of like reached out and grabbed me in terms of talk about it is Grinchmas. So yeah. um, for those that have never seen it, like myself, can you just give us a, a bit of an explanation of what Grinchmas is? It's about a 30-minute long stage show. So it's actually about the same length as the original animated classic, but mm-hmm. it incorporates a lot of the things from the Jim Carrey version. So all of the costumes look the way that they do in the Jim Carrey version. They do the most that they can with prosthetics to make the performers look like who's uh, there's only some that don't wear them. Um, and they're the characters who have to sing a lot more because it's going to impede their ability to sing. Yes. Um, but there's, there's dancing, there's music. Uh, it's definitely not. If, if you're expecting phantasmic, you will be disappointed. Uh, if you are expecting about the frozen sing-along but on a much much smaller scale it's about there um but it's a it's a very small sound stage and it's one set so the set doesn't change the set doesn't really move uh, but it is a very cute 30 minute production of how the grinch stole christmas with a narrator as part of the show uh, he's a character in it and a couple of Christmas songs, dancing, snow, and a live dog for Max, which is oh. half the joy of going to see it. Because <laughs> he doesn't listen at all. He doesn't follow any of his cues half the time. You can see the person trying to coax him across the stage. Um, and that is half the fun of watching it, is watching someone struggle with this poor <laughs> dog actor. Now, surely they've got animal actors on stage. Mm-hmm. So you'd have thought, like, if there's one thing that they can get right, it's a dog train. It might be that. Because yeah. <laughs> they've used them for so many other shows that they have. Yeah. And yet, Max does not want to wear the headband. <laughs> That's usually half the problem. I mean, to be fair, I mean, that, I think, is a common theme with dogs anyway. Yes, but they don't, they don't like, like to costumes. Be... No, no. I mean, there's been plenty of times. Um, you know, obviously, we are both... I don't want to pigeonhole you, but I would say quite geeky in things yes. that we like. Um, and there's quite often you see costumes and think, oh my, you know, I I can get my dog to look like an Atat from right. Star Wars. Brilliant. <laughs> it's like, um, could I try that? Yeah. And then you know how, how your dog's going to react to that and how they're going to mm-hmm. hate you for it. So they're going to hate it. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you tend to kind of forget it, but um, there you go. So whereabouts um, 
is this soundstage that they host it in? Um, it's at Sue's Landing. So if you're looking at the main quick service restaurant of Sue's Landing, um, when you kind of reach the dead end where you have to make a left and start going towards the Lost Continent, um, it's on your right-hand side. So it's not open the rest of the year. You very clearly are walking into a backstage area full of sound stages that they used to use to film a lot of the game shows um, when Nickelodeon Studios was there. Mm -hmm. And so they still use to film game shows today. They film things like Deal or No Deal and a couple other ones there. Um, And so you go back into there and they have seats all set up and then the whole set is laid out in front of you. It's a cast of maybe 20 people, not even. It's probably closer to 15. Um, and up until this year, I had seen the same cast almost every single year. Wow. Without fail. They, they never replaced any of the actors. It was a lot of returning cast, people that had done this show year in and year out. And this was the first year that they didn't have nearly as many people that they brought back. And they kind of gave it a fresh new cast, which was very, very nice. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because I mean, uh, I suppose when you, you change up casts, it, you know, people will have different ideas and might yes. want to do things in a slightly different way. So, okay. The so. costumes are all still exactly the same, but um, they're very Whoville. And then when they're not on stage, they have at least a small handful of the Who's actually out and interacting in Seuss Landing. So they're out and interacting with people. That's brilliant because, um, you know, I, I, I've seen some pictures of that actually. And I think, um, I mean, obviously, you know, they tried to replicate the book style, but I, I, th- there is something about the look of the Who's in that film that I really quite like. Yes. Um, so it's good. And also as well, you know, you do tend to get the same characters in Zeus Landing all year mm-hmm. round. Yeah. So the chance to meet some some brand new characters and also ones that can can talk as well. They can because, actually talk to you. If I yeah. see the Lorax, it's an exciting day the rest of the year because um, they only bring him out every once in a while. But I, I didn't even know. I didn't realise that he was a, a meet and greet character. I mean, I noticed the statue. Rarely. Yeah, I've never I've never ever seen him in my travels. I'm very the excited hat. the day I met him. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I would be. Although saying that, I was very disappointed. I didn't get to meet Guy Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> when I went for the weekend, because my daughter's obsessed with trolls. Oh. Um, and I love anyone that farts glitter. So, yeah. Uh, you and know, it's, and it's a thing that actually physically happens in, oh, the, I, in the meet I, and greet. It's so strange. I saw, I saw the video the first weekend he came out, and I thought, I'm so glad I'm going back this year. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd never been, the only time I'd ever been that excited to um, meet the character, I think was when I first met, met Jack Scullington. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, this was like, and I don't even like trolls myself, like, but this character, I was like, he farts glitter. What, you know, <laughs> There's got to be something cool about that. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, but, I mean, that's that's excellent. I'm glad that they do something a bit different for um, Seuss Land at Christmas because it's, it's a land which hasn't really seen any change um, since it first opened <laughs> that's it there's been no there's been no real proper refurbishment of any of the attractions or anything like that so anything that adds a, a little bit of an extra dimension to it i think is um is great now we and just you can also had... meet the grinch too yes you exactly. can go into the store you can meet the grinch some of the who's when they're out they'll actually do christmas carols um <sighs> so there's like a show outside of the show that's so brilliant. they actually carol through Seuss landing so it's it's very interactive. It is compact into a very small section of the park. Mm. Um, that it's it's only in Seuss Landing, and then there's some Christmas in Potter, but then well, the rest of the park doesn't really look like Christmas. No, I was gonna I was gonna we'll, we'll come on to Potter in a bit because obviously we're both big fans of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's really nice they do this. Um, yes. My my wonder is now. You know, we we just got last year the the brand new animated version of the Grinch, yes. and I really think they're missing a trick with not. You know, obviously they they have this at Christmas, which is great, 
but I'm just kind of dumbfounded. They've never, I, I know there's been rumors about it, but they've never done a Grinch attraction. And I wonder now they've got a new film, um, if, if now might be the time to kind of pull the trigger and, and put something new in Zeus Landing. That would be very, very nice. They could very much do with a Grinch attraction. It could be yeah. very funny. I think so. I think so. I still um, don't have a Lorax attraction, but I don't envision that I'm getting that anytime soon. Well, no, and there was there was a lot of rumours that, that we were going to get a Lorax attraction, wasn't mm-hmm. there, when that film first came out? That movie was not the hit that I think they thought it would be. I've, I've got to be honest, because I never watched the Lorax when it first came out, but again, having small children, you're... Right. I mean, look, you don't need an excuse to watch kids' films. Um, I went to see Frozen 2 on my own recently, um, without my wife and kid, I got in a lot of trouble for doing that. By the way, <laughs> um, because I had I had plans with them to see it, but I wanted to see it earlier. Right. So I did, um, but that didn't go down very well. So you don't need an excuse for ki- you know to have kids no. to watch kids films. But I never saw the Lorax when it came out, and we watched it um, a, a couple of years ago now, and um, it's it's quite. I mean, the story itself is quite a, a sad tale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's it's a sad film, but it kind of resonates yeah. with real life issues. Right. Um, and I think people wanted something a bit more fun. Yes, um, I think they were they were hoping for the Doctor Seuss that they grew up with, and they got Doctor Seuss of the twenty first century. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think in this post, um, oh, what's her name, Greta? Um, not Gumberg, is it? Well, the the fact um, now that yeah. Yeah, we're all, <laughs> yeah, we're all environmentally friendly. Or we want yes. to be, and we know that there's there's problems in the world. I think the Lorax and the message of that is is probably more important now than it even was yeah. a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I think because it's a little bit of a downer film, that's possibly Wouldn't, why it, it didn't. Yeah, but the Grinch was. ends so happily that they could easily formulate a Grinch attraction. Yes. Yeah. No, and, I, I think so. And it would fit right in. Yes, I'd, I'd like something that looked like Mount Crumpet. Yes, you know. and people would queue up for it. Absolutely, for a while. Absolutely. Uh, now, before we move on to Potter, um, I did notice recently because of um, the Netflix show, which has just launched. Which again, I have not seen an episode of. My daughter has been uh, running through episodes like you wouldn't believe. Um, <laughs> the cat, uh, the Green Eggs and Ham, and I don't know why, because actually Green Eggs and Ham is, has always been my favourite Doctor Seuss book, um, but. One thing I've all that's always happened whenever I've gone there is that Green Eggs and Ham Eatery has been almost permanently closed. Yes. And it's now suddenly started to open quite regularly. Um, yeah. So I wanted, to, I wanted to ask, have you ever had the chance to eat there? I haven't. It's always been closed every time I've gone. <laughs> at, at first, I was convinced that it it was just not a location they were ever going to use again. Mm. Um, so I haven't gotten a chance to go in and actually eat there. I've only ever eaten at the circus one. Yeah. And even that's not open that often. No. no. Um, which is crazy. I always think to myself, you you really should have a dining location that's open all the time in this section because it's a, it's a children's area. Children but, like to eat. Yes. That's what I found that's out. That's why Children they open really the cotton like candy stand. Um <laughs> Where you can get the massive custom designed cotton candy. I, I thought I've, they would rather eat that. <laughs> I've missed that. So uh, so what what can you what can you do? What can you get? So there's a couple of different designs that they'll actually do for you. And there's someone who sculpts cotton candy. Right. Um, and they're two, three times the size of my head. <laughs> and I, I can't actually envision a world in which anyone could eat all of it. But the problem is, if you take it, we got it in the summer. If you take it out into the heat, it will melt. It will start turning to liquid sugar really? on on the stick, that's, and it's very hard to keep up with it. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I never thought about it because um, the the last well, yeah, the last time we had cotton candy, um, which it's it's that's a funny thing itself because in England we call it candy floss. Candy floss, yeah. And in we got some when we was in Disneyland Paris, and it was called something completely different, which had oh. nothing to do with cotton at all. Um, <laughs> but we we had one that it was it looked like Marge Simpson's hair. Yes, in the size of <laughs> Sounds it. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, um, but it because it was fairly cold when we were there, 
it was completely fine. I've never even thought about the fact that it would actually melt naturally because of, you know, how it's made in the first place. So of course it would melt, but I never thought. Nor did we until we walked outside (laughs) and it started to melt and we started to say, oh no, as we watched it start to collapse. Said, well, I'm glad we took pictures before. Yeah, yeah, that's it. As long as you've got the pictures of it, right? You know, and, and eat a little bit, it doesn't matter. Um, excellent. Well, thank you for telling me about that. Um, oh, no problem. But I know that one of your big passions in life is Harry Potter. It is, it's the reason I have an annual pass. <laughs> now, actually, first thing before we go on about Christmas, um, when we were there for Halloween Horror Nights. Um, Hagrid's was up and down like a yo-yo the entire time and I almost got on it at one point and I started queuing up for it and then somebody said to me oh there's a there's a single rider queue and I was by myself Mm -hmm. at the time so I thought great so I came out of the line went down to the single rider bit was then told oh no we're not doing single rider right now (laughs) I said okay so what do I do and they went well you have to go back to the back of the queue and no. by that point, <laughs> That's um, what I yeah, well, at that point, um, I could already see that I'd probably lost at least another 25 to 30 minutes. And I was just like, right. okay, well, I'm just not going on this trip. So mm-hmm. fine. So um, have you had the chance to ride Hagrid yet? I have. I finally went about a week and a half ago. Um, and it's, I did the single rider line. So I got <laughs> into the standby queue. Oh, look at you showing off. I said, is that is that where you're sending the single riders? Because it's just me. And they said, yeah, go that way. The poor attendant was very overwhelmed. There were like 15 people trying to talk to him. Luckily, yeah, I, I had a very I will... quick answer. And then um, I waited maybe 35 minutes in the single rider okay. line. Um, okay. Because there, were, there really aren't that many uneven party numbers. Yes. So I did. I was in the sidecar. I, I haven't done the motorbike yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so much fun. It is definitely not going to make people nearly as woozy as either Forbidden Journey or sometimes Gringotts can make people because it spins. Right. Um, and there's no, there's not really any screens on it either. Mm. It is pretty much purely a roller coaster. Um, but the theming of it is great and it's only a little bit more thrilling than. It's like Slinky Dog and Mind Train, but much, much faster and with dips and turns and drops, but no inversions, which is very nice for me because I don't love inverted coasters. It's more like Everest, I would say, is actually the level of coaster. Okay, yeah, I was good because I was thinking like, you know, are we thinking like mummy kind of mm-hmm. level? Yeah, but about Everest, there. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's cool. Much, yeah. much fast, fast, but very smooth. Yes, yeah, and that's and that's the main thing because to be honest, um, we went to uh, we went on the Forbidden Journey attraction like months after it it first opened. We we mm-hmm. got there I think in September after it had opened, and um, and had to queue a long time because obviously yeah. it was brand it was new like attraction. Three and four hours every oh, day. Yeah, yeah. All we day. we queued for about two two and a half. We was right at the back of the greenhouse when we started, mm-hmm. um, but to be honest, most of the time. Or most of the reason why it took so long to get through was because everyone was just taking photos in the castle. Yeah, it wasn't the line the wasn't line. moving, but yeah, everyone was just exploring it. So, um, but when we first went on it, like no problem at all. Like loved it, thought it was great. When I went back uh, seven years later, when I uh, did Halloween Horror Nights with Craig, he warned me that. It, it it like some of the rides decided to make him a bit green and i was just like yeah. oh he's an old man you know he's he's in his 40s that's <laughs> not going to affect me and i went on forbidden journey and i came off and i thought i was going to be sick yeah and I, I i didn't know if it was because the ride tech had like got a bit older or you know it, it was just because i had got older um but it didn't feel quite as smooth as it as it used to so this no, time and around I think it I goes closer tablets. to inversion but it once yes. did Yes. I'm definitely more upside down than I was the first time I went on it. Right. So yeah, that, that's that's possibly that's possibly why. I also did um Rip Ride Rocket on on this oh. trip for the first ever time. Um again I was bullied into it. Yeah, and, I've never um, been on it. 
I, I mean, I cannot tell you how awful that that beginning bit is. I mean, <laughs> that's the part that I can't do. I can't. Yeah. I can't sit there and watch it click up a vertical hill. Yeah, as awful as you think it's going to be, it's worse. It's it's, oh, no. it's honestly the worst experience I've ever had in my life, um, and I've seen people die. Um, it's, it's it's just just the worst. So yeah, don't don't get bullied onto it. <laughs> that that's my that's my uh, advice on that. Um, but I've never again never seen Christmas in the Wisdom World, and it's one of those places that because it's snowy there anyway. It yeah. all, all, always feels a little bit Christmassy, but um, it, does. it looks like they, they kind of go a bit more out for Christmas. They do. I think they add a fair amount of decoration to the land itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they change up the great feast option at the three broomsticks. Um, I know at least they change the salad dressing, but I think they make it a little bit more holiday and a little bit more seasonal. Um, and then they have the nighttime projection show on the castle, and they make it look like it is snowing at Hogwarts, oh, which lovely. is delightful to watch. Yes, and it's kind of in the the same vein as their their normal projection show in that it happens every couple of minutes, so it's not like it's it's about a five minute show. And then you can leave. It's not like Wishes or Happily Ever After, where you have to stand there and camp out for an hour and a half, and then you watch an 18-minute show, and then you have to get yourself out of there. Um, It's much less of a crazy production. And their crowd control for it is very, very good. I don't give them crowd control props most of the time, because most of the time they're, they're not very good at it. But in this case, they have it down to a science now. That's really good. Where they just they rotate groups from the back of Hogsmeade up to the castle, and then out through Jurassic Park. That's good. So, so this is a show that. (laughs) So it's so as you said, like unlike Wishes or something like that, or um, Happy Ever After. Now, um, this isn't like you have to be there at this time or you miss it. This is almost like a rotational. Yeah, it's like every so many minutes from dusk until park close. That's really good. And now I've, that dusk is earlier here, they can get yes. in a lot more shows. But I think that's good because it does mean that you've got plenty of opportunity to actually experience it. Yes. And you can so. stand there and you can watch it more than once if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. They but don't it gives, kick you out. <laughs> but it gives you it but it gives people it gives a lot more people the opportunity to to see it. And I know obviously, you know, when you're talking about those other kind of like shows that Disney do, you know, they you can see them from all over the park or not, not all over the park, but you know, from yeah. a lot of different places here, you need to be, you know, really in quite a specific area, but yeah, pretty even much right so, in front of the castle. Yeah. But, but even so, I think that's, I think that's good. And I think that's a good, a good way of doing it. It gives everyone plenty of opportunity to, uh, to see it. Um, but I, yeah, I've been looking at some, some photos that um, people have taken around there and you can see that they kind of put garlands around the shop displays yeah um, just make it feel as you say that bit more Christmassy um, and then they did it they do a couple of decorations throughout Diagon Alley as well and okay. then uh Celestinia Warbeck the like band that mm. does the the singing in Diagon Alley she has a Christmas set that she yeah. does and it's very good I've never seen her she's wonderful the th- I yep. would rather watch the Beetle the Bard shows because I think the puppetry is incredible. But um, the vocals on the the show with the witches is so good. I and forget what her actual band is called. Is and it, I'm sure I butchered choir? her name. No, but... it's not the Frog Choir, is it? That's the... No, they're at um, Hogsmeade. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of her her band, but it's like her and then her backup singers, um, and they're very very good. And her Christmas set is phenomenal. And I mean, the thing is, like we um, we've not released this yet, but um, me and Paul have done a an episode of Discover DLP where we we were talking about um, what Christmas changes we'd like to see them do over mm-hmm. that park, um, because there's always 
ideas that you have that that um, others wouldn't. And one of the things that he said was um, to have like someone like the Dapper Dan's back there um, yeah. doing Christmas carols. And I don't think the parks really do enough of that kind of thing. I know Magic Kingdom, well, Disney do stuff that's more kind of in that in that vein. But um, I think that's a very simple thing that parks can do to to really bring They're in the so Christmas easy. spirit. That's what they, I mean. They used to have almost like like Dickens era carolers at Main Street in Disneyland in California, like way, way back when Walt was there. Um, they had Dickens carolers. I said, you could throw those in Epcot. It wouldn't be that hard. I'm sure the Voices of Liberty could do it. Yeah. And it would be wonderful. I'm it, it wouldn't I'm be that hard. <laughs> no, not because they've got multiple sets of the Voices of Liberty, and you could easily have some in America one day and some in England the next day. Yeah, and it would be incredible. Well, if you're listening, you can have that idea for free, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, but I mean that sounds great. I mean the nearest I've got to that, I was I was lucky to do the um, the studio tour in England um, at Christmas. And they do the Great Hall for Christmas. So, like for, I think it's about six weeks they do it for. um, I've seen pictures of of Christmas and Halloween. Yeah, ours it was all done up with Goblet of Fire. um, Right. When we went, so it was the Weasley twins in the Age Ring. Yeah. Outside of the the Goblet. Nice. And then the the main thing was that they had the fountain from the prefect's bathroom up and functional and it was so cool wow yeah i mean if anyone um listens to this is, is coming to the uk or lives in the uk and you like harry potter do that tour it's it's fantastic Amazing. not quite as good as what universal do with the attractions but <laughs> we it's spent the real eight stuff. hours almost eight hours there that, you know what that is the surprising thing um because we went the Christmas after it had opened, so it hadn't been open all that long, so we didn't know that too much about it. And um, I think we started our tour about 10 in the morning, and we didn't really know what time we was going to finish, but, yeah, no. we left there about 7, 8 o'clock at night. Yep. It's it was amazing. so much to see and do. It's, it, it's really great. I told um, everyone it was a borderline religious experience. <laughs> I, you know what? I think seeing uh, Hogwarts is... I really do. For for people who are Harry Potter fans, and there's the th- usually tears involved. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I I am a Harry Potter fan, but my wife, my wife, a bit like you, is like a Harry Potter obsessive. Yeah. So for her, it was even you know it was em- emotional for me, but even more so if you are like a re- a diehard Harry Potter fan. Yeah. Um, the whole thing's incredible. And the thing is, when I went, it was just when it first opened, so, you know, they've since expanded upon it and opened up new sections. And so there's lots for me to go back and explore at some point. Yeah. So, it's like a yeah. theme park in and of itself, just with no uh, rides. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, right. So that's what they do in Islands of Adventure. I think that is, you know, where the the kind of majority of the stuff is but that's not Mm -hmm. to say that you know there's not anything they do in the rest of the park Um, yeah they do the the macy's it's like a like a miniature version of the macy's thanksgiving day parade but it's a christmas parade on the studio side yeah Um, so like giant balloons and performers and uh, it's a very big parade so i mean again talking about how uncultured we are in the UK, we kind of know about the the Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Parade because of seeing it featured in things like Friends mm-hmm. um, yeah. and hearing things talked about. And I always remember um, my, uh, my brother married somebody from America and, for, and she moved over to England. And when they, um, her first year here, she wanted to do a traditional Thanksgiving dinner and we got invited along and I said, I w- but we weren't having it on Thanksgiving. I think we was having it on like right. Saturday or something. <laughs> and I said, I'm more than happy to go, but I better see the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on the TV, although it's not right. going to be authentic otherwise. Or it's not, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they managed to, uh, to, to find a copy 
on like we, YouTube. We or streamed it into our into uh, into our house so that we could see it. <laughs> That's it. That to me is like if I'm going to have like a big American dinner and all for the Thanksgiving trimmings, I need that as well because yeah, the parade, otherwise there should probably be an American football game on at some point. Yep. Yeah, we um, had some highlights afterwards. <laughs> plenty of, and the the wine, et cetera, should be flowing throughout the day. Yeah, the one thing I didn't get, though, was this, this like, obsession with, like, sweet potatoes and marshmallows. I don't like the marshmallows on top of mine. Um, no. I discovered sweet potato casserole at BOMA, at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Okay, I had never yeah. had it in 20-something-odd years of celebrating Thanksgiving. My family never made it. Um, and I came in to work and I was telling everyone about this amazing dish that I had had at Animal Kingdom. And they said, are you talking about sweet potato casserole? I said, I think so. They said, you know, most people eat that for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I said, I guess I'm not American. <laughs> well, I'm the, the wrong, I did it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, we, you, you just all do it differently, right? You know, yes. I'm, I'm sure there are people just like you that don't like marshmallows. So, yeah. you know, it's 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 fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, the Thanksgiving Day Parade uh, that Macy's puts on is, you know, big balloons, big floats. Yep. Um, so what they've done is they've kind of like Christmasized their normal parade floats or are these brand new uh, floats? There aren't that many actual floats in it. It's mostly balloons. But they're balloons of characters that you wouldn't think that someone would have produced a large balloon of, like Donkey and the Dragon's children, like the little baby donkey and dragon yeah. babies. And I was very confused by those ones. Um, but all of the other balloons were, they're, it's, they're normal Universal Studios characters, but done in the style of Macy's Thanksgiving Day parades that would fit in a theme park. Got so it's you. just scaled back and catered to Universal's characters. And then, of course, it finishes with Santa. Is there a massive Jimmy Kimmel balloon? Uh, there's not, but I sort of wish there was. Yeah, that's understandable. Because it would make me laugh. <laughs> and I think Marilyn Monroe and her dancers have a Christmas show as well, oh. where they, she sings Santa Baby. I've I've got to apologise to the NBC Comcast group for <laughs> I've got my Jimmy's mixed up. I meant Fallon. Oh, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> oh, I'm glad their lawyers aren't listening. Um, right. <laughs> that could be really embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I love I love giant balloons. Anyway, yeah. Then um, then you're you're in for this yeah. one because I don't. We don't have quite them. Entertaining. We don't we don't really have anything like this in in England. We we've had some christmas parades before in london but it've never been like the same kind of scales what you do for thanksgiving but i don't think i've ever seen balloons we have um we have hot air balloons there's a festival yeah. in bristol that they have every year where they they have like lots of different kind of character hot air balloons but we don't have the parade balloons like you do where someone's just carrying them yes yeah but that must be fun that must be fun to watch it is um it is very, very hard to get out of the park if you happen to be trying to leave while they're doing it. Right. Um, because it makes a right-hand turn right across where you would need to cross the street. But they do have a couple of places where they allow for crossing, so it's not too bad. So where, where do they have this take place? Like, what part of the park does this parade go through? I want to say it starts kind of it's the same route as the Mardi Gras parade so it starts in the back of the park I don't entirely know where mm -hmm. um because I've always watched it from pretty close to where the exit is kind of coming out of the kid zone coming out of ET uh, along where their version of Streets of America yeah is where they have all the building facades where the Betty Boop store is. That's where I've usually watched it. Um, but it ends in that general, kind of general area. Okay. And then um, eventually makes its way to backstage behind the visual effects stage show. Okay. Yeah. Their parade um, route is so much less obvious than Disney's. <laughs> yes. 
Well, I, th- I think that's just because of how Disney is set up. Like, it's so kind of black and white that it's... It was set up for a parade. Absolutely. And then it's almost like Universal was built, and then they said, oh, wait, we want to be able to do parades. Yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. I think that's a fair assumption, to be honest. Um, and have you been there when they've lit the tree up as well? Yes. Yes, they do a, a cute little lighting of the tree. It's not quite... I wish Disney did actually like a big tree lighting ceremony, but town square is just simply not big enough. Um, nor are the areas around really any of the trees except for Hollywood studios. And they have enough to deal with right now, <laughs> but um, they do. And they have a much bigger space around where their tree is outside of where Fallon attraction is. So mm-hmm. they do a, a cute, nice little short tree lighting ceremony. Santa's there, of course. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize that about Disney actually, because um, again, I, I've just kind of missed that starting at Disney. Um, but in Paris, we get a tree lighting ceremony every day. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just assumed <laughs> they all did. That's that's uh, yeah. That's interesting. Um, and and the last thing that sort I've of, seen when that the they... lights of Main Street turn on, they're it's on. That's about it. <laughs> Fair enough. They used to, I think they used to pick a kid. And I think they don't anymore. Oh. Um, so cute. <laughs> yeah, it's just, ni- just a nice touch. I, I once turned on the Christmas lights in my old town. Mm-hmm. I'll always, it's, it's really funny the things you remember, because I must have been about six. I'd just eaten a McDonald's Happy Meal that I got a Little Mermaid <laughs> flounder toy from. How can I how can I remember this stuff, stuff so vividly? Right. And, let, <laughs> and yet, if you ask like, me what happened last week, I couldn't tell you. Uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked out of there, and somebody accosted my parents and said, um, "Would would you like to turn on the Christmas lights?" And I had to press a red button, and all the lights came on. Yeah, it was very strange. It's like how the they used to pick somebody to to do the Osborne lights at uh, at Hollywood Studios. That was a big switch, though, to be fair. Maybe. Yes, that, that was, was a very a, big switch. <laughs> that was a very big switch. Yeah. Anyone could have turned that one on. Um, but the last thing I saw that um, they're doing at Universal uh, during the Christmas season is they're having concerts at the weekend. Yes. Um, the Mannheim Steamroller? Mannheim Steamroller. If you've ever heard the music of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, it's kind of like that, but the light version. It's not nearly as electric, not quite as up-tempo and heavy metal um, okay. and rock and roll. But they also are the same. It's the same band who furnishes the music for Grinchmas. Oh, so okay. the kind of atmospheric music for Grinchmas is done by Mannheim Steamroller. So they, ha- they must have some sort of very large partnership with them. <laughs> And have you ever managed to see that? Um, I've seen it as I was walking by. Yes. On my way out. Because I usually don't stay very late. Because nine times out of ten, I have to work early in the morning. Right. So, um, but I've seen it as I, was, as I was leaving. And it's usually on the studio side, right next to Minions on that big stage. So they have that big grassy area in front of it. Yep. So people just sort of, kick back, relax, and, and listen to people play up-tempo rock and roll Christmas music. Fair enough. Um, so it's quite fun. Yeah, because, I, I mean, that stage, I don't think I've ever seen anyone perform on it, but when I walk past it, um, like getting into sound stages and whatever for Halloween Horror Nights, uh-huh. it does seem to me a little bit like when they do Eat to the Beat. Yes. And that same thing where you can, you don't have, you know, you can sit there if you want to watch them, but you could quite easily just you know, be walking past and maybe stop for a little bit and, and listen to them. You don't have to be in the, the kind of area for it. Down. Mm. Right. Um, and they, they use it a lot during Mardi Gras. Yes. They have, uh, their version of Eat to the Beat is the Mardi Gras celebration. Mm. They have tons of bands in and out. Some that you would like definitely recognize, other ones that you're like, I don't know who that is. So I'm not going to see them. <laughs> Uh, but they have a couple they had i want to say it was like three or four years ago they had fallout boy Mm. and they had no idea 
what kind of crowd they were going to get because fallout boy had just made a massive massive comeback in the right. states and people went crazy and they reached park capacity at like 12 p.m wow <laughs> mostly just when people camp the lines weren't long because people were just camping out to watch the concert yes like eight hours after that <laughs> wow yeah, because I mean, I'd still say they're they're a fairly big name now. I'm, you know, I imagine yeah. if they had them back there, it would still be like extremely popular. Yes. So, wow. Yeah, that that seems like an odd band to pick for a free concert. Yes. It's like no, no. You want to you want to contain that. You want people in seats that you know how many people are there. Are you are you sure we're we're playing here and not at the Hard Rock just down the road? Right, because... like just on the road. Are you sure that's not what people? <laughs> Very, very strange. Um, now, just before we, we wrap up, you did mention the fact that um, there are some food changes um, for the Christmas season. Um, but I do know that, you know, people get very, very excited when it gets to like September, October time because it's pumpkin spice season. Yes. But at Universal, it's hot butterbeer season. It is. It is what I call canon butterbeer season um, because in the world of the Harry Potter books, butterbeer is served hot. Mm. So it is the one time a year where it is book accurate butterbeer. So I get very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I've never been lucky enough to, to try it. Craig is, uh, I mean, he likes butterbeer anyway, um, but he's especially fond of uh, hot butterbeer. I think so, it tastes better hot. Okay, so is it just like a kind of because I, I I I'm not sure when people ask me to describe butterbeer, I kind of like say it's a bit cream soda, it's a little bit butterscotch. Yes, it's kind of it's like very a mixture hard of to flavors. describe to people. Yeah. Um and is is hot butterbeer like almost like a hot cream soda or um yes, but it's not there's no carbonation. Um yeah. and whatever they put on top of it is closer to a very thin whipped cream okay like i think people always expect it to be like latte foam Mm. um and it's much thinner than latte foam it just sort of melts into the drink and makes it very very tasty Mm. it is still just as sweet as it is in cold and frozen form (laughs) so if people are against the sweetness aspect of it uh, they're not going to like it anymore when it's hot um but it is i think it tastes much much better hot interesting i've not um i i did have a sip of butterbeer this this year but um i've not had a, a butterbeer to myself i think since i first w- went there after it had opened um because i liked it but as you say it's, it's extremely sweet um but i am interested in in trying a, a hot butterbeer just because it's it's going to be different yeah um and you you never you can't even buy it on the tour in England. Mm-hmm. So you can buy butterbeer, but they never do hot butterbeer. So yeah, oh, it sounds like I'm going to have to make a trip to Universal <laughs> at, uh, at Christmas time in the future, then, if that's the case. Yeah, it's but, not quite on the the scale that I think if people are used to holidays at Disney, it it is scaled back. It's not mm. nearly as as over the top or as kind of all-consuming where like there's 15 festivals and you have to go to the candlelight processional and the food festival and the christmas party um i think it's easier to do in just two or three days mm. than say the holidays at disney which will take you a week to do <laughs> oh it's it, it's really it's really crazy i mean um as, as i said you know we've done halloween horror nights twice now for like the weekend and uh-huh. Universal is, I think, the perfect park for doing for a long weekend because yes. it's so on top of each other. And, you know, if you if you really want to start early, you can get a lot of the rides done quite quickly um, before it fully opens up. And, yeah. um, you know, you, you, you can get almost everything done within like three or four days if you yeah. are willing to put the time in. Um, right. And, but, and plan everything and, yeah. and, and whatnot. Thing. Yeah, you need to be a little bit militant, but not <laughs> not to the extent that you you are with like fast pass and stuff at um, yes. at Disney. But you know, if you went to Disney for three or four days, you've not scratched the surface. No, 
And so, I think you used to be able to do it in three or four days, but now that is that is certainly no longer the case. I mean, I'd say three or four weeks. Yeah. If you really want so to do those, uh, those 21 day tickets exist for a reason. <laughs> what I see, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, it does. Um, but thank you so much for, for talking about the, the Universal Christmas experience. It's always uh, a delight to have you on. And thank you for giving up your time to uh, spend talking to me. Um, before we go, do you want to plug your social media? Yeah. Um, my Twitter handle is at, this will be very shocking, at Talk Disney, the number two. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I changed it. <gasps> uh, I'm so used to having to plug that one. Um, my Twitter <laughs> handle now is at Loki Mouse. So Loki, like the character from Thor, yep. and then Mouse. And then on Instagram, I am the Marvel Mouseketeer. All is one word. Keep Excellent. forgetting that I changed them. <laughs> and you love posting uh, pictures of your uh, various trips you've been to Europe recently. So I know that you did a lot of Harry Potter stuff when you was over yes. there. Um, so much Harry Potter. Yeah, you spent it's, some time it usually with... looks like a pilgrimage to most people. Well, it does. Like, oh. you, you went to Edinburgh, didn't you? I did. Yeah, mostly so, you, so that I can see the tombstones and the elephant house and where she actually kind of lived for part of it and the hotel room where she finished it. Going to see all of that. And then I recently went to LeakyCon up in Boston. Mm-hmm. I went to a Harry Potter convention. The costume looks amazing, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I bet. I mean, I can only imagine how much fun it is to, to go to something like that with like-minded people. Yes. Oh, it's great. And the the celebrities that they get, since they're not crazy, crazy high profile, they're a lot more accessible and you just kind of see them throughout the convention. Wow. Um, I bumped into Percy Weasley at least twice. <laughs> not on purpose, I take it. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, just as he was acting as a guest at the convention. Um, wow. So it was great. Excellent. Um, but no, thank you so much for, for joining oh, us. Thank you on for this having episode. me on again. No, not at all. I mean, I'd say any time, but you know, that <laughs> sounds like I'm almost making you um, make repeat appearances. And, you know, that's, that's not my intention. Um, Always happy to come back. Oh, thank you. Uh, we love having you on. And uh, that's it for this episode. So thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next year. God can't believe oh it's the God. end of the year already um <laughs> that's terrifying <laughs> i know uh, so so merry christmas to you all and have a happy new year Network.